Welcome to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth Benton Thompson. If you want to create change in any area of your life, you're in the right place. Together, we'll explore the strategies and tools I've used to lose over 100 pounds, pay off $130,000 in debt, and become a multiple seven-figure business owner. I've supported more than 3,000 women to levels of execution and fulfillment they didn't know were possible. Together, we'll break your past patterns and eliminate the appeal of your excuses so you can get consistent, stay consistent, create the results you want, and enjoy the journey. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Really excited to kind of pick up on a theme that we kicked off last week around chasing cupcakes because we are doing a book club in the Primal Potential Facebook group. It's totally free. You can join us. And we have been having not only great conversation about the strategies for creating change discussed in the book, but we've also really had a ton of momentum and encouragement and accountability in the group. The amount of conversation that we have had in terms of people sharing how they're overcoming obstacles, how they're making sure they don't let excuses continue to get in their way, how they break those patterns of delay, I'll start tomorrow, or like not being super honest with themselves. Oh, this one thing won't hurt. It doesn't really matter anyway. What's the point? There has been a lot of energy and progress in the Primal Potential Facebook group around this book. And you can still join us. I'll put the link to the Facebook group in the show description. All you have to do when you're listening to a podcast, whether that's on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher, iHeartRadio, you name it, swipe up on the show art. And when you do that, that's how you see the show description. And that's where the link to the Facebook group will be. If you can't find it, message me. I'll hook you up with it. What I have never done before is what I did last week. And I'm going to kind of do it slightly, slightly the same, slightly different this week, is expand on kind of an abridged version of, is abridged the right word? You know what I mean. Of chasing cupcakes adding some thoughts that I've had since writing it, some examples of how the things we're talking about show up. I just think that's really cool. I shared last week, if, if an author of a nonfiction book that I love or a self-development, personal development book that I love did that sort of read with expounding on it or giving examples, I would be pumped about it. And so that's, that's what I'm going to do. Last week, we talked about the hard road versus the easy road. And this week, we're going to talk about a chapter called Check Your Ego. And I will not even come anywhere close to sharing the whole book on this podcast. That is not my intent at all. So don't worry if you've already read it a few times. Um, but the word ego, I think, often puts us back on our heels because very, very, very few people identify as like an egomaniac. And I think the majority of us see that word ego as, as having a negative connotation, certainly not necessarily a positive connotation for a lot of us. And I think 
that has us missing out on a lot of things. And I think this chapter will explain why that is. So the chapter starts off with a Byron Katie quote that says, you are the teacher you have been waiting for. You can end your own suffering, end quote. And I I guess I wanna start elaborating just on that quote in and of itself. You are the teacher you have been waiting for. You can end your own suffering. I know for me, I was always looking for that next thing. When I was at my heaviest, I wanted everybody's opinion on what they thought was the trick for losing weight. Even in business, at times I felt like I need to know more, like what's the best strategy? What's the best approach? What's working? What are the keys to social media? And that can create a pattern of learning more than doing and of constantly feeling like you just don't yet have what you need in order to be successful. But you do. You are the teacher you have been waiting for. You can end your own suffering. And the way that works for so many of us is just being honest about what we already know. I knew so much about what didn't work for me, but I kept doing those things because I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't ever looking back and saying, all right, it's time to get really honest. What are my patterns? What do I keep telling myself, believing in it? For me, that was, I'm going to start tomorrow. I'm going to do better starting on Monday. I'm going to be so strict. Oh my gosh, this is the plan. And I did those things on autopilot because it was a pattern, never really stopping to say, huh, this begin again, start date, name with a plan or plan with a name pattern doesn't work at all. I never slowed down to say, well, what would be the alternative? Until I did, right? And the alternative for me at that phase of my life in that particular journey of my weight was tiny, tiny, tiny improvements. A smaller order at Chick-fil-A, which for most of my life would have been too small to make a difference. Who really cares? What's the point? And what I chose in lieu of that was these super extreme measures, and I said it before that the, the higher the degree of intensity, the lower the degree of sustainability. Unless you get to that degree of intensity through small incremental changes that match what you are ready and willing and capable of taking on at the time. So when I think about how I started with CrossFit, I did not start with 100 burpees for time or uh, overhead squats or snatches. I started with workouts that were appropriate for my fitness at that time. And yet, with nutrition, I didn't do that. When you start with what's appropriate for where you are at that time, as what happened with CrossFit, you get stronger, you get more fit, you get more flexible, you get more proficient, And so your intensity builds over time. What I was able to do after six months was very different from what I was able to do on day one. And yet when it came to food, I was taking on, and I'm just, this is not from the book. This is just my thoughts on it now. I was taking on more than than what matched my readiness at that time. And I was going from these all or nothing approaches from overeating and binging to extreme restriction, 
and I was not at the place where that could be sustainable for me at the time. So when we talk about this Byron Katie quote, you are the teacher you've been waiting for, you can end your own suffering, most of what you need to know, you already have, you just haven't slowed down enough to reflect on it, be honest about it, or challenge yourself to say, so what would an alternative be? Even if that alternative makes you really uncomfortable. The notion of a less intense approach really made me uncomfortable because I wanted fast results and I wanted it now. But when you slow down enough to be honest with yourself, you can often see that that I want it all as intense as fast as possible approach is slowing you way, way down, in my case, decades, because I was on again, off again. And the approach that I resisted, small incremental changes, was dramatically faster because it was sustainable. That's what really stands out to me with this Byron Katie quote, you are the teacher you've been waiting for, you can end your own suffering. So then the chapter goes like this, you are the problem. You are the reason you haven't yet created the change you crave. Before you get defensive, and begin making a case for why I'm wrong and it's not your fault, it's your work stress, it's your menopausal metabolism, your family dynamics, or anything else, take a breath for a second because this is one of the most important starting points for creating change and getting out of your own way. When you realize that you, you personally, have been the biggest barrier to your own change and you take full responsibility, you put yourself in a place of power. See, breaking the script for a second from the chapter, when we blame it on our age or our lack of time or our spouse bringing home XYZ or anything else, we blame it on our low salary, we blame it, you name it, whatever the goal is, your small network, if you're building a business, when you blame it on those things outside yourself, you have no power. Because you can't change other people. But when you take responsibility and you say, I am fully responsible for my results or lack thereof, you are now in a place of power. When you don't take responsibility and instead place the blame on other people or things, you strip yourself of your power. So this is good news because while you are the problem, you are also the solution. You are powerful beyond measure. You are so much more powerful than you think you are and like than, than you have acted like you are. You already have. You already have what it takes to create any kind of change in your life. You already have what it takes. And I personally refuse to endorse any other perspective, so I hope you choose to agree. You must, 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 must. Stop convincing yourself that you're smaller than your circumstances because you're not. Your circumstances, whatever they are, they do not have more power than you do. Your past patterns are simply more practiced. They're more familiar. Maybe they're more comfortable, but they have no power except whatever power you give them through your perspective. You have all the power. You are the power that you need to make any change. There is no circumstance and there is no habit 
that removes your power to choose a different way of being. Your circumstances don't make you less able to choose change or be changed. There is no circumstance or habit that removes your ability to take impeccable care of yourself. So you can do that whether you're tired, whether you're stressed, whether you're in a bad mood, you had a long day, you don't feel well, you have that power. So we are going to start living into that truth and becoming vibrant change agents one moment at a time, not one 20-week plan at a time, one moment at a time. And this is going to require some serious ego checking. So it's not just going to be you hear me say these words and poof, you get it. No, it's going to take more than that. But I'm going to help with the more than that part to step into this truth about your ever-present ability to create change in any moment, you'll need to set aside all your frustration and disappointment about the past attempts and patterns. Now, this is something that comes up a lot. When people say they want to create change, whether it's they want to get out of debt, they want to start a business, they want to have improved communication with their spouse, they want to work out regularly, lose weight, They go into their frustration or disappointment on all of their past attempts. Every single time I try, I do well for a little bit and then I fall off course or, you know, I I get really motivated, but it seems like then something always comes up in my life and I can't keep going. What you have to do is you have to give up, set aside Every bit of frustration and disappointment about past attempts and patterns. So when I said it's not just that you can hear this and then boom, you've got it. You have to do something about it. And one of those things you have to do and really commit to, and this is going to be a practice, a decision that you make over and over, is letting go of the frustration and disappointment about how things have been. It's a requirement. When your past takes up too much space in your perspective, it crowds out everything that's possible for you right now. So don't argue for why you can't or for how hard it is. As I'll continue to remind you, you must give your energy to what you can do, not to what you can't. You must stop participating in the problem so you can bring about the solution. So maybe the problem is you're tired. Maybe the problem is your thyroid. Maybe the problem is your bills or your debt or your partner or your job. You must Stop giving your attention to that so you can give your attention to the solution. There is no growth or change available to you when you're committed to the problem or convinced of the impossibility. It's time to go exclusively forward, powerfully, intelligently, and enthusiastically. The other day, somebody commented in one of my Facebook groups, and they were sharing a particular goal they had. In this, in this situation, it was uh, weight gain. And she said, my menopausal metabolism makes it so that I can't gain weight. And I said, can't lives on Wall Street. You can't tell me how things have been and expect that with that focus and with that emphasis and with that belief in that repetition, you're then magically going to make a change because you're not. It doesn't work that way. As chicken soup creator Jack Canfield reminds us, work is required, but suffering is optional. That's such a good one that maybe maybe some of you need to write on your journal every day for the next month or put up on a sticky on your computer or your bathroom mirror. Work is required, but suffering is optional. If you feel like it sucks, that's your attitude. That's not the work. 
Because you can have an attitude of enthusiasm, of gratitude, of anticipation, or you can be Eeyore about it and mope around, but the work is required. The suffering is optional. Self-improvement is a gift, not a curse. It is a blessing, not a burden. It represents giving yourself something, not taking something away. Let's not deny or overlook the fact that there is a gap between your understanding that you can create change and the work it's going to take to create it. In the gap lives the big overwhelming question of how. In the gap lies doubt. Doubt that rises from your past patterns that we're not giving our emotion to any longer. It is natural to feel overwhelmed or skeptical. It's true that there are hundreds of options and unlimited approaches You're also probably thinking about everything you've tried before, you've dropped the ball, everything you've read or heard, what your friends have done, what you saw on Facebook, the goals you have for your life, your fear of failure, social obligations, preferences, lifestyle. It's a lot. And sometimes what happens is you put that all together and it's a recipe for doing nothing at all because the something that you could do, it isn't clear. So see that trap and refuse to step in it again. Since complexity is the enemy of execution, we're going to keep it really simple. You might think you need to move, uh, you need more time, you need more information, you need more support and more willpower to create these changes, but you don't. You have everything you need right now. Right now. You don't need anything more. Every day I get emails from people who declare, my problem is cravings, my problem is alcohol or snacking, my problem is inconsistency, and I see it differently. It's not your problem. It's your practice. Alcohol is not your problem. It's your practice. Snacking is not your problem. It's your practice. Inconsistency is not your problem. It's your practice. And I respond to those emails by saying, what what does your practice look like? Because if you told me your problem is snacking, well, what does your snacking practice look like? And it looks a lot like the problem, right? Exactly. Your practice is what creates the problem, and your practice is also what will create the solution. So a couple of questions that I love to ask myself, am I practicing the problem right now, or am I practicing the solution? In what I am choosing in this moment, or saying in this moment, or doing in this moment, am I practicing the problem or the solution? Which one do you practice more, the problem or the solution? Don't stray too far from these very, very simple questions because they're powerful. If you feel like your problem is snacking after dinner and you eat every night after dinner, your practice is reinforcing the problem. You don't have a snacking problem, you have a snacking practice. Similarly, whatever your problem is, That is also your opportunity to practice the solution, to have a different practice, to make a small change. Just the other day, I had a phone call with a client, and I asked her what she wants more of that she doesn't have right now. She explained that she's disappointing herself with her food choices. She starts the day strong, but always ends the day overeating and overindulging. And I repeated the question. What do you want more of in your life? Don't tell me about the problem. Let's talk about the solution. And so she said, control. I need more control. And I said, you already have all the control you'll ever have and all the control you'll ever need. There's a difference between not having control and not taking control. 
There's a difference between not having control and not being controlled in your thoughts and your choices. You don't need more control, which is great news because you can't get more. You can leverage it better. You can use it differently. Let's be really clear. You have the same amount of control over your food choices or your financial choices as everybody else. And you have all the control you could ever need. This came up recently with a group of my clients. Every week I do these live Q&A webinars. And on one of the last webinars, somebody said, Elizabeth, how do you respond when you have sugar cravings? What are your go-tos when your cravings are out of control? And I said, my cravings aren't ever out of control and neither are yours. They are within my control because I hold the power to choose. The cravings do not. I am in control of my choices in each moment, whether cravings are a factor or not. So what do I choose? Nothing. I choose nothing. Every moment that I have a craving, I have the chance to rewire my past pattern of responding to them and letting them influence my decision. The feeling of desire doesn't have to win. I can choose control. I can take control. I can be controlled. It is both a practice and a perspective. So the chapter goes on and it talks about you know, how to do this and how to not give in to the lies of tomorrow and how to win the moment. And it gives you some questions to ask yourself. But I, but I wanted to share that bit because a lot of times people feel like they don't have enough control and they want more control. And I want you to go back through that chapter. I think that was chapter three. And I want you to really think about what it needs to look like for you to begin to practice a different pattern you can do it no matter what your circumstances are. And I also want you to join the Primal Potential Facebook group if you haven't already because it really helps to see how other people are doing this and what other people are doing and how they're responding to challenges that come up in their lives. It's powerful to have those influences and to have those examples and to have those reminders because what happens a lot of times is life gets in the way and we intended to do the work to practice a new pattern, but we get distracted. And having these people show up with the gift of a reminder for us to re-engage, it is a powerful, powerful thing. All right, I got to jump on a phone call to rent an excavator for my husband who has been texting me nonstop to do so. I will chat with you very soon. I hope to see you over in the Primal Potential Facebook group. If you've already been in there, I hope to see a post from you. I hope to see what you're doing with this idea today. And if you need support or you have questions, sh shout it out in the group. I can chime in. The amazing people in the group can chime in. You're not alone. Chat soon. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed it, make sure to take a few seconds to leave a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening. It not only supports the show in a huge way, but it also automatically enters you into our weekly product giveaway. For more tools, tips, and strategies on creating change, check out my first book, Chasing Cupcakes, and follow me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton. Remember, every choice is a chance, and I'll see you next time.